All right, welcome to the Hub Podcast. It is good to be back. We took a week off, not by choice, just by schedules. Uh, but we are glad to be back as we continue our overlooked series, looking at different doctrines and different theologies that might get overlooked uh, and that we might not talk about, uh, that might not be talked about as much in the church or even in conversations uh, with our friends. And in fact, <laughs> me and Mike are going to agree on this subject. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely overlooked in our lives. Yeah. Uh, so what's going to happen today is we're going to, we're kind of, this is kind of a learning podcast. We're going to discuss and we're going to be learning with you guys on this one. Uh, and our topic today is free will. Uh, free will is a big deal. Isn't that a story about a whale? Yeah, free willy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's free willy. <laughs> yeah, this, Sorry. <laughs> this is Sorry. our thoughts on free willy. Uh, we're, Sorry, we're you I get confused, I, you know. <laughs> So if I throw in the Y at the end of that in the title, it's going to totally change the meaning of this podcast. Yeah, if, if you put in a Y on Google, it's going to change everything. <laughs> but yeah, free will. Uh, honestly, I have not studied a lot on free will, and maybe that's a bad decision on my part. Yeah, uh, Maybe it's something I need to look into. Is uh, It is something that is important. Um, but I am excited to learn today. I know Garrett, he knows... He's probably the greatest mind in the 21st century when it comes to free will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but Garrett does. He is um he has studied it mm, not intensely. So, not I mean, intensely, I'm... but uh, like we said, we're going to learn this together. We're going to cover the very basics of this very great topic that yeah. has a lot that goes in it. Yeah, I mean this is uh this is our embodiment uh, example here of of what we always try to tell you is is that. One, we don't know everything, obviously. I mean, I don't even know how to read, as you guys probably know. Um, so I have a harder time studying uh, things because I can't read. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, this is a, it's a prime example of, of us being real with you. That like we, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about this topic. This is something that um, just from reading Scripture that I believe, um, that, but I haven't done a lot of other extra not necessarily extracurricular, but extra other books and outside mm-hmm. studies and other theologians and stuff like that. To be honest, that's a great discipline for me to do in and of itself because uh, I'm not I'm not real um, uh, intellectual. Uh, so like doing you know like deep deep thinking and and like reading like really smart people's yeah. words is just it's a discipline for me I, in and of itself. Micah so, says he's not intellectual. Well, What'd you make on your ACT? I think like a twelve. I don't know. But, <laughs> he is um, lying. They threw mine out. It was a mail yeah, and ballot. What did make? So I think a twenty-seven or did you make it? it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't translate to to the real world. So it's just a number on a piece of paper. So like a smart. But the point is, is it's this is something for me that you know, like Garrett enjoys reading, and you probably can tell by the way he talks and by the way by the way he quotes people and quotes other books that this is something he loves is diving deep into like deep intellectual thinking. Now that being said, uh, Christian kind of alluded to it and that's kind of how I feel about it, that it, that's probably a fault of mine. I need to do that more because there is a, I think we've talked about that a little bit on this podcast, that there is a, um, a reverence. There is a, a part of our relationship with God that we should be trying to learn as much as we can. We know we're not going to know all the answers, but that doesn't mean we don't try. I'm not going to be a hall of fame, um, baseball player, I knew that as a kid, but it doesn't mean I didn't want to get better. So I still went to the, you know, to the cage and hit. And so we want to get better. So it, you may be like me, and this yeah. intellectual intellectuality may not become easy or natural, but stretch yourself. Uh, and that's what we're going to do today. And that's so. a good spiritual discipline, the, yeah. the spiritual discipline of study. And, Absolutely. You know, studying the word of God and studying the things from the word of yep. God. External. Uh, um, yeah, it's. What is that word I'm looking for? Sources, external sources oh, of yeah. scripture that that talk about scripture. Yeah, for sure. I think it's good to study. And it's important that when we, you do study, when you look at these sources, that you're looking at the background of the sources and understanding, like, are what is are the people that are saying these things are they qualified to speak on this? As in, like, have they studied it themselves, or are they just kind of speaking what their mind says. Are you looking at Wikipedia or are you looking at... That's my source of Bible study, (laughs) Wikipedia. That way, if I don't like it, I just edit it and change it. (laughs) With that being said, you know, when I I study these things, the the first place I go is to what is called the original sources, like the... or the primary sources. Um, It's it's what was written first about topics. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the people that Mm -hmm. were closest to the original... um, well, these Context of scripture, eyewitness accounts. Primary sources are, yeah, they're eyewitness accounts, yeah. or 
primary sources are written by the eyewitness accounts. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. written yeah, by right. someone who corroborated the eyewitness accounts. Um, but like in theological circles, like for example, on on the topic of free will, a primary source is the source where this controversy first came about. And so like for us looking at free will um, in church history, the topic of free will, predestination, and and really original sin, all three of these doctrines kind of come in full swing together. They really came about in fullness around um, 413 um, AD with um, a guy by the name of St. Augustine, and another person by the name of Pelagius. And original sin had been talked to a little bit before this by Origen um, in the 200s, but it really didn't come to a head until now. And I know a lot of times when we talk about, or when I talk about church history, I'm throwing these names out there, and I just <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and when I'm reading like church history, Isn't some of these names Isn't there a type of fungus like, called Pelagius? <laughs> I have well, Pelagius, I have Pelagius in my toes. toes. There's yeah. so many names like when I'm reading about in church history, I, I find these names and I just like read the first letter of the name and then move forward and don't even try to remember it because it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there's too many names to remember. But, I've heard of St. Augustine though. Yeah. Augustine. There's That's some a names. place in Florida, right? Yeah. Great. Oh, you're beaches. talking about the, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. There are some names in church history that you need to remember. Augustine is one of those names. St. Augustine is the pioneer of a lot of our Christian thought. He was really the first person to, look at the creation account from a different perspective other than a literal seven-day account within Christian thought. Mm. Mm. Um, He was the first one to write on um, free will and predestination to this extent. He was the first to really emphasize grace and and grace within the Trinity. There's a lot of things with within Augustine that he kind of was a pioneer. He's he's called the the father of of um, Latin, of the Latin Church because you know he wrote in Latin because he had um, a lot of kids that went to is that not what what the father of the Latin Church he had a lot of kids in the Latin Church yeah he had like twenty is that not what you oh no. sorry I'm sorry <laughs> the founder of the Latin oh. not the founder but he he was kind of the whenever you think of the Roman Catholic Church or the the Western Church he's uh, Augustine is synonymous with um with that anyway with that being said. These two guys, Augustine and Pelagius, um, as you read church history, you find that there is not a short of conflict in church history. It's like there's always something that one side or the other is arguing over. Mm. Um, and it's and the more I read it, the more frustrated I become because it's just these little tiny discrepancies that there are, and they do make a big difference, but there are schisms that happen that occur within church history because of these tiny little differences. Um, And one that wasn't such a tiny difference was Augustine and Pelagius. And this entire controversy comes over the understanding of how salvation occurs. In Pelagius's view, he states that man... That, that Christ came to be the example for us to show us how to attain salvation, meaning we are try- our goal as Christians is to try to be like Christ, and the closer we are to being like Christ, the, that, that's how we attain salvation. Like, we do it by our works. Um, Pelagius' view was that Jesus came as divine, but acted as man, and so his act on the cross wasn't really imparting us the ability, wasn't giving us salvation, was, but was show, paving the way to show us how we can attain it ourselves. Does that make sense? Pelagius is very yeah. focused on what we do. Oh, okay. So yeah. he was um, more works, you know. Kind yeah. Of. So Jesus, he saw he yeah. saw Christ's life as being the example of so saying, he think "Here's he ha- what Christ did. This is what yeah. we need." Does he to think do. that we have to die on a cross? I, see, I don't know. That, and that would be an argument that Augustine would make against him. Is, is saying, does, "Did Pelagius you know, die on a cross? <laughs> yeah. Do we know that?" <laughs> no, he didn't. He was okay. excommunicated from the church, and no one really knows what happened to him. Um, he lived in a cave. <laughs> he probably did. Honestly, at that time, there was a lot of people living in caves. Um, a lot of um, monasticism. So, um, anyway, there um, Augustine comes and says, you know, that that that's not the case. You know, the nature of our faith 
is steeped in the grace that comes from Jesus. And because Jesus died, we now can have that grace. We now can have that spirit. He did what we couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And that was Augustine's... That So that set the table for this conflict. But there's so much more that goes into it. Particularly, Pelagius's view on free will... Um, set the table for how he viewed our action. And his statement is that because of free will, because of free will, everything hinges on what we do because everything hinges on our own personal choices, on our own ability to make a choice. And if there is free will, then every time you're every time a child is born, they get to choose their own destiny. It's not chosen for them. And so Pelagius would make this would make the statement that we get to choose how our lives go. And being a Christian means we're following Christ, not expecting Christ to give us salvation. Right. Augustine would say, no, being a Christian means that we know that Christ died for us and we have been given salvation through his action. And free will is kind of the centerpiece of all that. And yeah. and a lot of people would look at Augustine and say, okay, well, Augustine then denies free will. He, he says that free will is non-existent because... You know, Jesus knows who's going to accept his salvation. Um, and that's not the case. And, and the let me thing, ask this real quick. So, so August, Augustine would be more, uh, for by grace you've been saved. Yes. And yes, Pelagius, he, that's one of his arguments. Pelagius from would, would he disregard Ephesians 2? Or, um, well, the funny thing so Augustine wrote this refutation of Pelagius called On Nature and Grace. And it's it's really long and really in detail. And I mean, he's just throwing scripture after scripture after scripture at him. And you read this and you're like, okay, yeah, Augustine's right. But we've lost Pelagius's writings. So uh-huh. we don't really know. We The only thing we know about Pelagius's writings are the quotes that Augustine embeds into his um, writing On Nature and yeah. Grace in refutation. It sounds to me so, like they had such a bad feud that Augustine <laughs> beat up Pelagius, he went into a cave, and then Augustine burned his papers. I mean, there's there's <laughs> the potential that they, they, the church might have regarded everything, because um, eventually Pelagius was condemned, mm-hmm. and his he was viewed as heresy, heretical, yeah. and it's possible they might have just tried to get rid of all the evidence. Um, but yeah, so that's, and that's the thing, is there's a lot, there's so much more scriptural evidence of salvation through grace. Um, justification of faith, which I think we're talking about next week, um, than there is for salvation by works, obviously. Um, but this doctrine of free will and and the doctrine of original sin and on predestination, that was the stumbling block for Pelagius. He mm-hmm. could not look and say, you know, we have salvation from grace alone because he could not grasp how that would be possible if we all have the freedom of will mm-hmm. um, to choose to do good. You know, the point is, if if we have the ability to choose good, then salvation is on our own merits of choosing good. Christ right. showed us the good that we need to choose. So Pelagius believed that we could be perfect. Yes, he did. And we did just he did he claim to be yeah. perfect? You know, I don't know. I, there's there's not one, enough. I mean, I would think say, if I if that's my thought pattern, I better be. Thinking yeah, perfect. Exactly. That's what I think. That's. I mean, that's a that's a really tough claim yeah, to but make. But if he didn't think he was perfect, yeah, I'm gonna his, forget that he, view and say I don't. I was just kidding. I don't yeah. believe that or one. I he, believe in his. Yeah, or if know? he didn't think, oh, I've messed up, then maybe his belief was. But I, I think need too the to the idea with Pelagius, right. and I might be wrong about this because I I haven't read as much on Pelagius as I have on Augustine's refutation of Pelagius. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure what Pelagius would say is. As long as you're striving to do the good, right. you're on that. You're you're like on the path. <laughs> but which, but isn't that where grace comes in? <laughs> exactly. See, exactly. Like Pelagius is like... kind of a contradiction of himself, um, which is Poor why Pelagius. you know we have to look at where he's coming from. Because the thing is, if we don't understand free will and original sin and the context that it needs to be understood biblically we have the tendency to fall into the snare that Pelagius fell in of mm-hmm. going down this rabbit hole of kind of tossing grace and salvation um, from God, from Christ, to the side. Um, and so that's the other side of this coin, is is original sin, free will and original sin. You know, you, One side of the coin is what is known as free will and predestination. The other side of the coin is original sin. 
and all all of these things kind of go hand in hand. Um, original sin, the definition of that is when Adam and Eve fell from the garden, that was the first sin. That was the first notion of selfishness, of choosing self over God. Mm-hmm. And they doomed humanity both physically and kicking them out of the garden and bringing death into humanity and spiritually in the corruption of their soul Mm -hmm. so that every other human that was ever existed is born with a corrupted nature. Sinful of both corrupted human nature in the sense that their body will die and spiritual nature in the sense that they are separated from birth from God. That is what original sin is. Pelagius disagreed with that. He said that Every time someone is born, the slate's basically clean. Like there, is, Adam's sin doesn't pass down from generation to generation. It's just you know you are given a clean slate to try to live life by good merits and and um, follow Christ's example. And he didn't he didn't disagree that Christ wasn't divine or that Christ didn't set an example. Yeah, he just didn't really see Christ's example as being something that brought salvation into our into the lives of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, you see free will, original sin, they kind of go hand in hand in the sense that Adam and Eve made their decision to fall, but that doesn't mean that we can't make our own decisions to do good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Plagius says because of free will, there can't be original sin. Mm-hmm. Augustine says there has to be original sin because... We're separated from God spiritually and physically at birth. So when you read that from Augustine, when you read that Augustine says there has to be original sin, and you know, Pelagius kind of puts it in a nice bow of saying, you know, there isn't original sin because we all make our own decisions. Free will negates original sin. And Augustine says, no, there has to be original sin because that's the only way that we can have true salvation. Mm -hmm. And you look at that and say, okay, well, then Augustine's saying that free will doesn't exist, right? Do you see how that adds up? I can kind of see it. So so kind of where I'm I'm more lost would be, so Augustine, if if he is saying that, all right, say, say Augustine's again, free will. Um, he, he believes there has to be original sin. Augustine believes there has to be original sin, and he does believe there's free right. will. But because he says there has to be original sin, Pelagius says, well, you don't believe in free will. And free will is evident throughout Scripture and yeah. throughout just observing our lives. And so Pelagius says, well, since there's free will, there yeah. can't be original well, sin. And wouldn't the original sin be a choice within itself, you know? So that's the thing. You know, Original sin, what... What Augustine says is because of free will, because of the one decision of will to separate themselves from God, right. they doomed in that act of free will right. everyone to original sin. Okay, yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. But Pelagius says no, because every individual has free will, mm. we can't have Tracking. original sin because okay. we have our own slate. Uh, yeah, okay, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. And Augustine goes further back and he says, no, one person's free will, and the, right. and Paul says this in... in um, Paul says this in he says in Romans Romans five twelve he says therefore a sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all man because all have sinned so so you know Augustine and he uses that over and over throughout his you know he he uses Pauline thought in this refutation of saying it's obvious that sin is in this world and because sin is in this world we know that. And because we know that we're doomed to die, no one mm-hmm. here is the, the, no one no one on earth is exempt from the side effects of the fall, both physically and subsequently spiritually. And because of that, we know that we have original sin within mm. us. So we know that that was the case. And Pelagius would look at at Augustine and say, "Okay, well that's fine. You believe in original sin, but that means you can't believe in free will because that." then says that when I'm born, I don't have the ability to choose not to sin. Mm. That's what Uh. Pelagius is saying. Um, But Augustine would argue then, okay, but Adam and Eve chose to sin, and that is what gave us their consequence, and their consequence passed down to us. And and in order to have an ultimate remedy for an ultimate consequence, you have to have Christ. You're right. That's that's what Augustine's argument is. So what you read in... Romans chapter 5, verse 12, 
Going down to verse 15, we see that remedy that, but the free gift is not like the trespass. It says, for if many died through one man's trespass, yeah. talking about many died through Adam's, then it says, much more have the grace of God, the free gift by the grace of that one man, hmm. Jesus Christ. So just yep. what you said, Romans confirms that uh, in verse 15. Yep. Exactly. And and so that's, and you know, that's kind of been my biggest struggle with, not my struggle, as I'm reading this controversy, and, and this is all kind of fresh for me because three weeks ago we I had to write a bunch of papers and stuff on it yeah. um, in, in class. Um, <laughs> and um, I do know how to write. I can't Ma- read. Ma- Micah just write. writes papers for fun. He <laughs> turns yeah, them into Jenny. Writes. Yeah, I just turn them into... <laughs> Jenny, will you grade these? Yeah, just, I turn them into Wikipedia. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, um, you like that full I'm circle? glad we have experts on Wikipedia. We'll come back full circle. <laughs> so would... Uh, let me ask you this. Would Augustine like the statement we are born into the effects of sin, although we may not be born a sinner. Hmm. And what would what would they say? To I that? think so Pelagius get what I'm would saying? like that. I think Pelagius would like that more. But than then Augustine, Pelagius but I don't would think have Augustine to, would disagree. He but would then just go further. Pelagius would have to relent that. Okay, you can believe in free will and original sin, because to me that would be the ground well, where see, you would say you're born into the. When you're born into this world, this world is a sinful world. But does that mean if you're born into a sinful world, you are a sinner? If I go into a laser tag arena, I'm in a laser tag arena, does that mean I'm playing laser tag? But you're not a laser. Exactly. (laughs) So I guess, does that make sense? Yeah, so... It might have been a terrible analogy, but that's that's what I thought of. I get what you're saying. So what Pelagius would say is we are... We feel the extent of the fall because right. we all are doomed to die. Well, we just don't feel the extent of the fall spiritually because it didn't corrupt our spirit; yet. it just corrupt our corrupted our body. Yeah. Okay. Augustine says, "No, it corrupted everything," which yeah, makes that makes the, sense. And, and I so, think, would Augustine simplify and say we're born sinners? Yeah, yeah, born he would. With a lot to learn. He, he he would say. Would that. you all say that? Uh, so here's here's the way I. And view I mean, it's not like sin. we have to draw a line in the sand. No, yeah. I mean. Here, here's the way I and view it, original sin. Is, we always choose sin anyway, so does it, I mean... You know, we have... We, free will is evident. I have the choice whether or not to stay in this chair or to get up and walk out of this room. I mean, I, I can do either or. Not if I hold you down. <laughs> free not will if we is evident. And, that chair. and someone might say, yeah, but you know, God knows what decision you already made. Okay, yeah, sure. that's true. That's but knowing, predestination. Knowing and controlling, knowing are, and controlling are two different things. Right. You know, he... he he doesn't sit and control all of my actions. If if he did, he, the world, humanity probably Why wouldn't would have fallen. We, we wouldn't we just have, have sin, right? Exactly. That's, that's what I always so think. So he doesn't control our actions, but he knows the location. I think about this. Um, but what, in, in answering your... Garrett dropped the mic once again. Hey, drop the mic <laughs> one. You're supposed to drop the mic at the end of the podcast. It's a lot louder last in, time. In answering your question, I don't... Humanity is born sinners, not in the sense that we automatically come out of the womb and just desire to start shooting people, kill, and yeah. (laughs) But in the sense that we come cussing everybody out, (laughs) that we're in the sense that we're born and the lines of free will are blurred. We don't understand fully good and Mm -hmm. evil Mm -hmm. in the full sense until the Spirit shows us. So I, I, the way I see it and the way August, Augustine would see it is the Spirit, when it enters us, the Spirit of Christ enters us, when we allow for his wisdom to permeate our, our nature, it unblurs the lines. Yeah. It unblurs what... what yeah. I, I, I think about, too, you, you know, even thinking about babies, all babies, if we believe they were born sinners, as Augustine would, if you think about that, you know, they already come with these characteristics and these traits that, that what do babies do? They steal. They lie. <laughs> I mean, it's just like an automatic nature. You yeah. know, I, I could see that um, just because for the sinful effects. Yeah, in this I mean, world. think about how many kids, if they're three years old and are caught, uh, they're holding a crayon and they've been coloring on the wall, and the mom walks in and says, "Who did that? Who did that? Not me. Johnny. Not me. Not me." I, I mean, that's just. Yeah, I their think nature. that is the sinful. I think sinful nature is from the beginning. As as far as I'm concerned, right now, you know, I think we're born into it. Which also that kind of brings to the point that I believe the importance of a virgin birth is so important because yeah. you know Jesus, his heavenly Father, or his father was not Joseph. Mm-hmm. His father was God, uh, and, and being mm-hmm. conceived. 
by the Holy Spirit and and placed inside of Mary, he was not born into sin. So everybody else is born into sin, but because his hmm. father is not an earthly father, um, his father is the heavenly father. He was just born to an earthly mother. That's he was not born into sin. Because now that you say that, that does make a difference. I mean, that makes a big difference. And I think that would be the reason that God would do that to delineate between yeah, us I, and sure. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I've never Absolutely. thought about it like just that. Just so he could live, I mean, he lived mm-hmm. a perfect life yeah, and so, he had so to now, be born. Yeah, so so that that to me, what you just said does, I don't know if it, I'm not saying it proves He's it, but that attempts the, to, to prove the argument that we are born sinners. Yeah. yeah. and it, Because and it Jesus shows. was not born a sinner. Yeah. How do we know? Because Jesus was perfect. He can't be born a sinner. Okay, what's different about Jesus? Like you said, he, had he was immaculate. placed inside the womb of, yeah. of Mary. Right. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. completely Something different. Every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I've um, never thought about it like that. I really. I mean, in the in the sense of sin, I've never thought about. Yeah. I just. I've just always thought about it like the power of the virgin birth. Period. Right. The, the, just that was the. It, idea. I mean, it's miraculous. Well, yeah, yeah of course. It's but crazy. That was the my always my focus. That's interesting. Now there's. <clears throat> And that saying was really intelligent, this. Christian. Well, that's all I I'm got today. What, I'll man. see y'all later. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really impressed. No, that's the thing. The, the, the thing about the doctrine of free will is it's infinite. It's infinite. It's infinite. Yeah, infinite. I was, it's I was infidious. going between emphatic I used to know, and infinite. I used to know someone named Infinite. You're yeah, lying. You? No, I'm just kidding. I'm about to say, it's, I'm a sinner. Their sorry, I'm a sinner. <laughs> forgive their parents. Free will now. is saved by grace. <laughs> what? <laughs> so another thing that Augustine said is that um, we have. As Christians, the book of nature, meaning the world and our our senses and our ability to observe God's creation, and the book of Scripture. That's how we are able to understand God and theology. Mm-hmm. And through both of those books, we are able to see free will. Now, there is not in the Bible there, there isn't any specific passage. I mean, I mean um, that states humans have free will. I mean, it, it's not just completely evident but there's all throughout scripture um all all, all throughout scripture there's evidence of free will yeah. but there's also evidence of predestination and and one thing like proverbs says the will is prepared by the lord and and isaiah or um romans says i have been found by those who do not seek me i have been i have shown myself who those who do not ask for me so so there's both sides of that coin mm-hmm. where we see you know Free will is evident behind the decisions that people make, behind original sin, behind our 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 decision to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. That that's all evident in there. But then at the same time, Scripture also says that you know God presents Himself to those who haven't actually sought after Him, and God is working within our will at the same time. So the question is, you know, how do we delineate between the two? You know, yeah. how do we, what is the difference between free will and predestination can both be evident at the same time? That's interesting. You think about free will, kind of going back to what you are saying earlier, is, is we thinking about free will, do we have free will, original sin, uh, tying that together. I look at the Garden of Eden, uh, and in the Garden of Eden, God specifically placed the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that's placed in there. Now, also in... Um, in the New Testament and in Scripture, we see that God never tempts us to sin. You know, we are tested by God, but we're never tempted by God. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I think we have to have free will. Uh, I think free will is obvious when we look at the tree because the tree shows a choice. Um, you, you know, you, you had the tree yeah. that God told them not to eat from. There had uh, God did not force them to eat from that tree because that would have been evil in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, God doesn't want his people to sin. He would have never uh, just forced that, I believe. Uh, and, and to be honest, I, I don't know if God would have... I, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure on this topic because I don't... I don't think God would have predestined them to sin. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Could he... Because if he doesn't tempt people to sin, he doesn't want people to sin... He obviously gave him that choice. I think I God knew they were going to sin. Love. Yes, I believe that I think too. he made the choice evident for a couple reasons. I, th- I think, one, because you can't love something that you're forced to love. Exactly. And he knew that if he wanted... It's not robotic. It's, yeah, if he, he knew that in order for his creation to love him, they had to freely choose to love him. And second, because if you're... If you don't have free will, you're mindless. You just go about doing your own thing. So you, mm. your choices aren't your own. And I don't believe God 
creates choices as it makes choices for us. Mm-hmm. The, the issue with predestination is we have taken scripture and we have, you know, this piece of scripture here in Romans 10, 20 that says, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. You know, that, that piece of scripture that comes from Isaiah 6, um, 6, 5, or 6, 5, Isaiah 65, um, Paul's quoting it, and pieces of Scripture like that tell us, you know, well, God makes the decisions for us. God's doing orchestrating all these things. That's an oversimplification of predestination. I think predestination allows for free will and necessitates free will because God isn't making these decisions for us. He just knows the decisions that we're going to make. Because he's omniscient. He knows he's all things. Omniscient. I mean, there's he no doubt he things. has to know all things. And he can't be, you know, John, First um, John 4 tells us that God is love, that he is he fully encompasses love. And he can't be that. And he can't long for that if he makes every decision for us. That's not love. Um, and, and so you, you see that the will of God and the will of and his desire for love necessitates our free will, but his omniscience and his omnipotence requires that he also understands what decisions we're going to make. And so even from the very beginning, when we fell down into free will and, and we were given this ability and we acted wrongfully on it, he predestined and understood the ending and how to remedy us out of that. Mm-hmm. I think... As he created us, he knew how he was going to have to remedy us as well. Oh, for sure. So let me ask you this. I'm play, it's a little bit of devil's advocate, but not as I'm trying to get like a, a reaction. It's a good devil's advocate. I'm actually curious. Is it possible that, and I'll let me caveat this with, I, everything you all have pretty much just said, I agree with. I, I do believe in free will. I believe God gave Adam and Eve a choice, literal Adam and Eve or metaphorical, whatever. I, I believe there was a choice given at the beginning of time, and the choice was picked based on temptation from sin, which is we see the exact same thing from us today. We're tempted by evil, and we choose evil often. So is it possible, and we also all would recognize God is sovereign. God is in control of all things. He created all things, which also means we can't truly and fully understand God and who he is in his nature. Now, what we can understand about him is revealed to us, and through the brains and the soul that he's given us, we can understand more. Is it possible that God predestined everything that has happened to happen the way it is happening, and we are calling that free will? Is it possible for us to say, and and, and it's confusing because I've been thinking about it for 15 minutes and trying to figure out how to just word it. Hmm. Because the idea, my, my reasoning behind this is we can't fully understand God, so is there a is it a possibility, and I'm not even saying necessarily that I believe this, but what, could someone that believes in predestination bring up the idea... Uh, and what I mean when I say predestination is the oversimplified version mm-hmm. of like God just says you're going to be saved or not. It doesn't matter what you do. Is there a level of thinking that says God predestined Adam and Eve to pick sin? It wasn't their choice. He picked that so that he could bring Jesus into the world, show his redemptive plan. Is it possible that when we when we kind of jokingly like, I believe in free will, like you said, I can get up out of this chair and walk out. Yeah. Did, does God predestine for that to happen in saying Garrett will be saved because I'm going to pick Garrett to live a life that follows me? He's going to think it's free will because he's choosing to do these, but I've already said you're going to choose to do these. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's... Is no, that possible? That's actually a a strong argument against free will. Yeah. Um, it's called election. The art, um, yeah. And, and that's something that... Paul even talks about that, um, and and Revelation I think, or Hebrews talks about the elect, you know, the people that have been chosen to serve God, and and sometimes people interpret that, that as simply all who have given their lives to Jesus have already been elected to give their lives to Jesus. Some argue that the elect are the people that are specifically set apart that God needed these people to be used in order for other people to hear about Jesus. You know, there, there's different. Yeah trends of thought on what the elect is but what what you're saying and i get what what you're saying the argument that you're making is that um god takes all these actions and and 
free will to us is that God is so beyond our awareness is that we just simply say that we have free will yeah. without realizing that it's just him the entire time. Right. Which, you know, is quite possible. There are so things, so many things about God. God is is infinite and eternal. Exactly. There's not any possibility yeah. we can't understand him. So maybe we're talking about all this and we're completely wrong. But in my, and what I believe and what I see is that God predestined and understands and knows what our decisions are going to be, and he acts according to those decisions in order to ensure and predestine yeah. the largest amount of people to come into his kingdom. Right. So, Because there's, mon- there's a very subtle difference that makes all the difference in that. Yeah, and that's the thing. And knowing can, and controlling. You can have free will and predestination at the same time. Yeah. You cannot have the... the um, and, and human thought, you know, in divine thought, it's very possible that free will and predestination to God are one and the same. Right. And to us, we're the ones that are overcomplicating oh, yeah. it. But on the spectrum, you cannot have the far side of predestination and the far side of free will at the same time. Right. You you can't. You, you can't. But you can have both when you kind of allow Mix that. Them in. Yeah, yeah. When you compromise that. So one of the other arguments <laughs> off of what you're saying is that. We don't have free will, but that God takes, God knows who would choose him and who wouldn't choose him, and he allows for the bad to happen. He allows for people to continue to live who wouldn't choose him because he tries to give them the the, the most opportunity they can possibly have to choose him. Um, before not choosing him. Yeah. Um, but he already knows that they won't choose him. Right. Um, what? It's, yeah, it's, 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 so, so in that Hold sense, on. let me turn my brain back What on. I'm saying here is from people that make this argument is they say that free will is an illusion. Mm. That, you know, we would say we have free will, but in reality, God already knows the choice and he just doesn't yeah. do anything to us um, because he's giving us the most as much time as we possibly can have to choose him, knowing that we won't choose him for those that wouldn't choose him. Yeah. Um, and he's, I can't. You know. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, that's where I would, what, what I would understand if, if with an argument for predestination in the human term of, you know, like we're saying, like the, like God picks everything to happen yeah. the way it happens. And that's all there is to it. My, my, the hard time I would have with that is I would have a hard time following a God that picks people to do evil. Yeah. That creates people specifically to do evil. Well, I would have a, I would have a hard time with that. And if there's evil in the world, you you can't justify that by I don't I don't think you can justify saying that God created those people with the foreknowledge and purpose that they would simply do evil, right? Um, that they didn't choose the evil themselves; that He chose right. them to have the evil. And that's and that's kind of I think what Christian was was saying earlier, and maybe that's wrong, but you were talking about. Um, Jesus picking Adam and Eve and f- forcing them to do evil, basically. That's kind of how I would look at that. Is if if there wasn't free will, that would be God forcing them to to, to yeah, pick, forcing them to, eat to pick that, sin yeah. and separate from Him. And I just I I look at Scripture. I look at the Old Testament. I think of Moses. I think of Jacob. I think of you know your hall as was it Hebrews eleven talks about the hall of faith and and mm-hmm. and I think about those people and God reveals His nature to them. Like, God reveals, I think... No, he doesn't reveal all of it because we can't fathom all of it. But I think God reveals, and he and He reveals his nature through Jesus. I mean, yeah. look at the life of Jesus. Jesus never initiated alienation of humans. He didn't start that and say, you get out of here, I don't like you, you look funny. Now, in his hometown, when people were like, oh, what's this carpenter knows? This dude's an idiot, right? Yeah. Jesus was like, all right, well, I'm out. I'm going to wipe my feet. He didn't initiate that quote-unquote judgment. That was brought to him first they were saying it about him and he's the son of god so therefore they're saying it about the father and i just see in scripture i just to me what i was my devil's advocate um which is a little on the nose for a bible study podcast but uh that phrase devil's (laughs) advocate but to me yeah yeah to me that um i have a hard time with that because like i was saying i would insinuate that god is purposefully alienating his creation. And, and, part, part of his right. creation. And it's hard because God wants us to do good. 
And he yeah. wants, he actually calls us, I mean, even looking back in the Old Testament, God wants us to be holy. Yeah. Like he, he, call, he tells his people like, like it's, it's like, it's what he's long. He's like, I want you guys to be holy because right. I'm holy. And he gives them so many opportunities. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, like you look in Leviticus, you see that, that God is calling his people to holiness. Right. Uh, and then you get to, um, you get to like Joshua, for example. Uh, yeah. And they're going into the promised land. Well, uh, earlier before Joshua, you see that he, he wanted them to choose him, but they chose to be scared. They chose well, how many, to worship other gods. How many you know, times like, do you see God be like super frustrated at his people? Yeah, it's like... I mean, Noah, I mean, wipes the world out except for a exactly. family. And then Moses, like you said, how many times is he coming to Moses and, yeah. and like Aaron and I'm like, I'm going to kill everybody because yeah. y'all suck. I mean... And, and you know, he's telling them, look, if you do what is righteous, you will prosper. And he wants that for them. Right. But so often in the Old Testament, we see people turning, but God mercifully... Um, you, you know, s- sending sending a man like Joshua, or, or mercifully, um, you know, still letting them into the promised land, even right. though it's their children and not yeah. them. You know, there's yeah, still I, mercy I and grace involved. Like, a, like the devil's advocate I was bringing was, I think that would argue that God only gives us a piece of His nature, mm-hmm. and even that piece He gives us is is a is a facade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the nature of God that we see in Scripture goes against what I was talking about—that God would be predestining and making us think it's free will. Yeah. Cuz there's a there's a fa- re- there's a yeah. there's a falseness there. I mean there's like a there's a a hiding and a, a secretive I, I don't I just don't feel that way about God. I don't feel like he's You know, yeah, and when I read scripture it just seems so much that, that God yeah. wants us to do yeah. good so much like that that's what he desires, but in the same instance he's given us this free will because that's you have to have free will to have love. Right. I believe. And and it, you know the beatitudes asking you you know knock and 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 the door will be opened, asking, and, and the wisdom will be given to you. That I mean, I, I believe that about God. I yeah. believe literally. I I don't think, like I said, I don't believe God is fake. I don't meaning I don't believe He's two faced and like, hey, I want what's best for you, and then like secretly he's like, but I've predestined you to do evil, so you can't. You <laughs> know, that's that's how I look at that. And right. and that being said, someone who believes the opposite would probably say, no, that's not what I think at all. Here's what I, you know, but that's how I. Wow. Remedy that in my mind. You know, it's, I think was also hard. We had a, um, we had a Bible study one time in college, and we were just asking questions. And, and one of the questions that I had been dealing with that we had talked about was I was reading in, um, I was reading in Exodus about Pharaoh, uh, and you know Pharaoh would not let God's people go uh, after so many times, and, and eventually got to a point where the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, he hardened his heart. So I think, you know, here's the question, too. If you look at, um, if God hardened Pharaoh's heart, uh, did God just completely predestine Pharaoh to not be able to follow him? Right. Now, here's the thing that I say, uh, and here's the thing I think. I think that Pharaoh had choices before that. Yes. That, yeah, that, that for there sure. Was, there was, I mean, he had an entire life of where, you know, Moses was coming to him. He could have chose yes. to follow God or not. Absolutely. But after uh, and I think you can probably get to this point even now that you can disobey God and you can deny God so many times throughout your lifetime that there's going to be a point where He just hardens your heart. Well, look at the—I mean, look at the story of Daniel. I've been doing a study with with some people on in Daniel, and that happens with um, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar is given so many opportunities, and eventually God's like, "All right, I'm going to send you into the wilderness to be a crazy person, and everyone's <laughs> going to make fun of you." And then I'm still going to give you another chance. And then yeah. Nebuchadnezzar does repent, and we see a change in Nebuchadnezzar, a permanent change at that point. His, uh, what's the, his, uh, the person that follows him in kingship, whatever the word is for that, um, Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Not to be confused with Belteshazzar, which is Daniel. Belshazzar is given the same opportunities. He does not, you know, he's given it's it, it's like a, almost a mirror image kingship, yeah. and he does not ever repent. He continues to like look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Even when he sees God, he's like, "Yeah, that was cool, but look at this guy." You know, like look what all I've done. And and we see he dies that night. <laughs> he's given the, yeah. the writing on the wall and all that stuff. Um, so, like to your point, I think we see that throughout Scripture, and based on the pattern, it's consistent. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Nebuchadnezzar, given many choices, does repent. Samson, given many chances, does repent. Right. Pharaoh, given many choices, does not repent. Yep. Sodom and Gomorrah gives many chances, does not repent. I mean, I think there's a pattern in it, and it's consistent. You, you know, it's hard to, and we don't have enough, there's not enough in Scripture talking about this right. uh, for us to understand, but 
when the Israelites went into the promised land in Joshua, uh, God had called them to totally annihilate yeah. um, anybody and everybody yeah. and all things. Now, now here, here's the thing. Why did God want them to annihilate them? You know, I believe it was because their sin, you know, that they, they had that sin and they completely disobeyed God. But in the Bible doesn't, you know, give us details on this entirely, but how many chances did they have? Yeah. Uh, you know, did God did God reveal himself uh, to the Canaanites? Did God reveal himself in, in which ways um, to those people yeah. at the time? And, you know, that stuff we'll never know, uh, but it, it yeah. is interesting to think that, that God's people, God told them to totally annihilate them. Why? Because of their own sin right. uh, and their um, complete disobedience and disregard for God and who he mm. is. Yeah. Uh, how much free will did they have? You know, like, I believe they had a choice. Um, well, it reminds me of Jonah and Nineveh. I mean, Nineveh was about to get obliterated. Right. And God was like, no, seriously, Jonah, you need to go over there. Yeah. And Jonah goes, and it's like, oh, that so God. So. what you're talking about there in, in the Old Testament is called harem. Harem? Um, yeah, it's it's a... Isn't that the Globetrotters? Oh, it's Harlem. <laughs> sorry. Harem Globetrotters. Sorry, um, sorry. Forgot the L. Harem is a ordained um, theological destruction of a people group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why when God specifically said, destroy them, destroy their livestock, destroy their grain, destroy their idols, destroy, like destroy everything, everything yeah. total destruction, that's called harem. And the point of that is God is saying, these people are, too, are, are not able to come back to me. They... And, and that is an attestment to to God's foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to clarify, too, um, that there, there is a difference between predestination and foreknowledge. Um, so foreknowledge would state that God looks at these people groups in the Old Testament and says, I, I can see all of the possible outcomes, and none of these possible outcomes would bring anyone to my name. Kind of like Doctor Strange in a... Yeah. Dude, I yeah. was just about to say <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I just know, like, there's like, million, yeah, I there's like 700 billion different outcomes, ex- and only one is the right one. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's exactly the, what 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 is, is being said here is, um, you know, God is saying it's not none of them would come back to me, so they need to be destroyed because they're going to do more harm for my name than you can possibly do good for them. Um, and predestination... That's foreknowledge. Predestination is God saying, this is what is going to happen. This is what I'm going to do to bring it a remedy or to bring it to light or right. to bring it to fruition. You know, predestination is God acting based <laughs> off of his foreknowledge. Yeah. And so you can't really say that harem is predestination, but you can say that it's God's foreknowledge and his call to Israel to act upon his foreknowledge. Predestination is God himself acting upon his foreknowledge. I think we also need to be reminded about Rahab. I mean, look at the story of Rahab and the destruction of her people, but she was saved. Right, even as a prostitute. Exactly, because she chose... She chose God. I mean, she, yeah. she, she chose, chose the Israelites. She chose to hide them. And exactly, them. Yeah. and Caleb and Joshua and, and hiding those spies and... and, and she she picked God and said, "Well, save me and my family." If you know, and yeah. she in her ignorance is like, "Well, if you're God, and that's is, a testament to free if, will." She, yeah, exactly. I mean, was and someone it, might say, "Well, was been, Rahab predestined to make that decision, or was she um, was that free will?" Because man, if she was predestined to make that decision, well, think of the bravery. That is not the type of person that you would think would make that decision. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Think of the bravery of her if if she was wrong. <laughs> She she was dead like the next mm. day like you know I mean if they would have figured out she hid the spies which in theory they probably would have figured it out in time but of course they got destroyed so that didn't matter but so I mean yeah I mean I think taking all of these like, different accounts into yeah into consideration it starts to pull and reveal some truth about God and His nature I think which is also crazy too because God used Rahab in Jesus the line of Jesus in the line I know. of Jesus yeah, that's what I was gonna say I was you know gonna, that Ruth and it, or it was uh, Ruth. Yeah, Ruth and Ruth, who is a Midian, wasn't she? A Midianite. Yeah. Which that decision, I think, also shows his foreknowledge. Exactly. Of you know, yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm sending somebody to save them. I'm doing it through the line of David. Which I'm doing it through someone that's going to become which, the line of my son. Right. Which, yeah, because David's me, line had lineage hadn't been established. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which to me encompasses the choice of free will, because God again, and we see 
Paul really hammering this home to to the Jews and the Gentiles. Look, we're all sons and daughters of 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 God. We're mm. we're all like Jews. Yeah, you you were picked first. You were the chosen people. But yeah. now Gentiles, you're literally one of us now. In playing devil's advocate, though, I think someone else would would look at that and say that's predestination uh, because well, God knew I that he needed Rahab to bring Jesus, which. I would argue, I would, See, I I would, would exact, debate that and say, yeah. but he didn't need Rahab to bring Jesus. No. He could have used whoever he wanted to bring Jesus. He just chose Rahab. That's Yeah, to, I'm yeah. with you on that. So, But, you know, that's how you But to debates. me, I think that shows free will to say that now what, what I'm saying is, even as a Gentile, now you can pick to follow God and be in his kingdom. Whereas before, I mean, before Jesus, it was like the Jews were picked, so... You about to sneeze, sneeze yeah. <laughs> so to me, that that to me, again, shows more evidence for free will in saying, now, look as the children's song, red and yellow, black and white, you guys can all be here yeah. if you choose it. Yeah. Now you've all got the invitation to come to the party, the banquet. Do you accept or decline? I accept. I accept. Yeah. So, and I think that's that's where I'm getting at. That's where, to me, that shows continual proof of, for, of free will is saying, now I'm giving you the option to decide. Now, and here's Other the... people's. Here's the reason this is applicable. And... um I know usually I'm not the one that gets oh, the it today. application here, but um, f- the doctrine of free will and original sin is extremely applicable and necessary for the church to study today, for Christians to study, um, and shame on us for not teaching it more deeply. Yeah, Garrett, shame um, on you, senior <laughs> minister. I have two articles in front of me. Um, one is from Psychology Today, and one is from the Muslim Times. Um, Psychology Today says that using the doctrine of free will is dangerous because it gives allowances for people to be evil. Um, so their their uh, statement, and I, they're not really disputing the doctrine of free will. They're not really using it to this article to say, you know, free will is wrong. Um, that that it, they're not really making um, picking a side on whether free will is true or not. But they're saying that religion referencing free will is what is bringing about violence. One, one quote um, that comes from this is, is they say, um, the doctrine of free will asks us to believe in a free-floating cause of a behavioral act, a cause without history, and more importantly, without a future. If the person chooses evil again and again, a causal pattern emerges and the individual, individual acts no longer, acts, the individual acts can no longer be said to be free. So what they're saying is, Free will, that doctrine allows us to say people choose to be evil. Their statement is, well, it's like evil is isn't a choice. It's kind of like a hereditary thing. Um, that it's it, it's a it's a causal thing. Meaning, if you were brought up in a specific way, that brings yeah. it makes have, it more likely yeah. for you to do. It's have, not a choice. But they have no basis. Of morality, there, you know, they don't yeah. have no, they have no point to go to. Like, all right, where does that come from? Well, and see, here's the other thing, and this is the other reason why it's important, is because of postmodernism. Postmodernism mm-hmm. is a philosophy that is growing. I love those houses. And <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, third time about house. Postmodern decoration. sorry. You can quote me on this. I think postmodernism is going to be the big schism of the church in 25 years. I think because. Every college, every major university now is teaching a postmodernist thought. And postmodernism teaches that truth is subjective, morality is subjective, ethics are subjective. They are what you make them to be. They're not ordained. Um, and that's that's the that's what's getting taught in every secular school across the country right now. That don't make any sense because then who's going to... Who See, that's decides? the thing. Postmodernism is the easiest philosophy to refute because all you got to say is would that not go back? Is, is all you got to say is what you believe in, in making that statement. Oh yeah, I post, know exactly what you're about to say. Postmodern that truth yeah. is subjective. Yeah. You're saying that your truth is subjective. Your truth is subjective. So you're contradicting <laughs> by saying contradiction. Right. By yeah. saying truth is subjective, you're saying that. But your it's truth being is taught. <laughs> it's being taught everywhere. And and frankly, you know. I just oversimplified what postmodernism is, yeah. but at its core, right. that's what it is. But, but and, in reality, that you could say, I mean, in the most insane case, that that oh, Hitler's choice was yeah, you know, I mean, and so what? But what well, he, he thought it was right. Yeah. Who's, but what a postmodernist would then say is, you know, we don't have free will. We just, frankly, everything that every decision we make is based off of where we've been. You know, the decision we make to be bad is based off of. 
people who were bad to us in our past. Um, everything is cause and effect. That that nothing is our own decision. How do they? Well, they still yeah. don't know what's bad. Well, I was gonna say, or how do they remedy like someone who has had no opportunities for good their whole life, has at every turn of their life has had bad happen, and then now they preach or whatever. How, yeah. I mean, how do you argue that? Because by cause and effect, that is, by the way, cause and effect kind of leans towards like absolute truth, doesn't it? I mean, when you're saying cause and effect, you say when this thing happens, this thing happens. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just telling hey, that's you what an, I... Hey, we what need I, a, that's another topic. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another day. Postmodernism, that's something that needs to be taught. That would be good. But anyway, so Why, then the, in the Muslim Times, um, the, the other article I brought up is from the Muslim Times. And the Muslim Times... They don't refute free is, will. Is this like an art name of like a? It's a name of a production. Okay. Yeah, of, of a. Um, um, yeah. Um, it, obviously, it Muslim in its. <laughs> oh in its yeah. Thought. Well, I mean, I <laughs> um, assume that. But I just was what? The, so, Islamic thought states that free will is true. So you know, they they don't dispute free will. They dispute original sin. They say that you know we're not subject to the actions of our forefathers, that that we aren't born in sin. So they kind of take that Pelagius view of, you know, the slate is wiped clean upon birth, that we're not subjected to um, sin because of a fall or because of anything else. Um, they, they run with free will on the extreme side the same way Pelagius would have. And... We need to know this as Christians. We need to be aware of this because Muslims growing at an exponential rate in Christianity is not. Mm-hmm. And 30 years, 50 years from now, there's going to be far more, it, at the rate that it's growing, yes, it's far more Muslims than Christians. And if we don't have the ability to, to defend our faith and know what other faiths believe, we're just going to be stuck up, stuck up the creek without a paddle. We, we won't be able to explain why we believe what we believe when someone comes to us and say well how can it how, why do you think original sin is real you know if it, how can you think free will and original sin are the same how can you say predestination and free will are the same you know, have we prepared christians in the church to to be able to defend their faith against against people like um is islamists that you know know what they believe and why they believe it i i don't think we have i i would say the vast majority of christians do not know why they believe what they believe at a deep level. They know that their salvation comes from Christ. They know that the Spirit comes from Christ. They know that God loves them. That's all great things. I'm, that We have to know that. That is the basis of our faith. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen in 25 years whenever postmodernism is just running rampant in, in the academic world and Christian is quickly becoming a minority in comparison to Islam? Mm. What are we going to do then if we haven't built up our awareness of these issues? Hmm. Lots of good stuff. Um, man, we hope you learned something uh, or at least got your mind and the gears yeah. within your brain turning. Uh, I know it did mine today. I got some articles on my laptop right now that I'm going to go back and read when I get time this week. Yeah. I've Thank- been encouraged. I think I'm going to learn how to read. Yeah, we're uh, gonna based on today's conversation, <laughs> and so I can read more on. We this. just enrolled Mike in phonetics. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. he's gonna start hooked working on, on hooked phonics. on phonics. <laughs> hooked hooked on, on phonics. phonics, baby. Hey, but thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this podcast. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so I don't know when you're. We listening. didn't oh, do yeah. a hum moment. Happy today Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Hum moment. Oh, here's a hum moment. Eat a lot of food. Uh, maybe not a hum moment. I think Garrett should call. What was that word? Horum. Harem. Harem. I think you should declare harem uh, your first game back as a sixth grade basketball coach. Uh, I think that should be your pep talk in the huddle. Oh, yeah. That, hey, we declare harem. We are totally annihilating the other yeah, team. Yeah, we're going to destroy them. Hey, you'd get pumped up. Hey, I'd be fired up. <laughs> I'm not going to teach harem to a bunch of middle school kids. <laughs> hey, it might work. Uh, but, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we would love it as an early Christmas present if you would leave a review from Micah. Yes. Uh, that's what we want. You don't have yeah. to include Christian or Gary. On Spotify, just, too, by the way. We're oh, on Spotify now. shoot. I forgot about that. Yeah, we're on Spotify yeah, that and on Apple a Music. Facebook post to yeah. tell yeah. people. That's a big deal. So that give a us a review deal. on Apple Podcasts or There's Spotify. only a select few that get on Spotify. They are predestined to be on Spotify. So, <laughs> um, And it was our choice to get on Spotify. 
Yes. Because Micah tried it out. It was a free will, but we were pretty... <laughs> I don't know, man. We're kind of falling apart. We're at an hour uh, here. But we so. love you guys. Um, somebody's going to close us out yeah. in prayer. I'll pray for us. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We just thank you for the opportunity to gather together, God, and just have a discussion uh, about, about your word, God, about your nature, about who you are, uh, and about really why we're here, God, and, and our choices here on this earth. God, I just pray that you'd help us uh, to, to learn more about you, God. That's our desire for this podcast is to encourage and, and to excite people to want to read more into your word. God, want to learn more about who you are uh, and about what our purpose is here on this earth and about the promise of eternity we have in you. God, we love you. We thank you. Uh, we just pray for safety for all those uh, with, with sickness and, and uh, with disease. And God, I just pray for those who will travel uh, during the holidays as well. I uh, just uh, ask that you'd watch over them and, and keep them safe. We love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>